0: To be on this Podcast. Today, I am talking with Amy Carr, who is an alumna of San Jose State University where she studied business administration with a concentration in marketing. Her interest in behavioral health started back in 2016 when she was at an event held by the San Jose State Chapter of the national organization called Active Minds. There, she was informed about their mission on destigmatizing the topic around mental health and being a mental health advocate. She then became the publicity officer for Active Minds at SJSU and had the opportunity to attend two of the Active Minds national conventions representing San Jose State. She has a passion for helping people in any way that she can and hopes to continue in changing the conversation around mental health. So welcome, Amy.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So I want to get started by um, asking you, to be honest, how are you doing today? And I want to preface this with telling our audience that we are recording this the day after the general election. So um, I feel like we all may be feeling a little more anxious and stressed out than usual. But Mm -hmm. to be honest, how are you
1: personally doing today? To be honest, I am pretty scared and nervous. Um, I think the past few weeks surrounding the presidential election has been pretty nerve-wracking to say the least. But I'm hoping that, you know, this feeling of anxiety can calm down by the end of the week. And, you know, I'm just hoping for the future. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a good attitude to have. Um,
0: I know it's really hard to be positive right now, but <laughs> yep. I feel like that's the one thing we can do is kind of to take care of ourselves and just kind of stay in a positive mindset. Right, so right. That's, that's a good good way
1: to look at it. <laughs> so would you mind sharing a bit about your experience with mental health? Yes, of course. So I think I started realizing that my mental health was dwindling by the end of my freshman year um, and kind of the beginning of my sophomore year. During spring break of 2016, um, I experienced a pretty traumatic event, uh, and it was an event that I really couldn't just you know, shake out of, and I was completely lost, and even four years later, I have so much difficulty just talking about it. And still a lot of people in my life don't really know what I experienced. And like I said, I was completely lost. I didn't know how to tell my friends, my professors, even my manager at work. And I think I did a pretty good job at hiding my feelings. Um, because I don't think really anybody suspected anything was really wrong. And that's kind of when I started dissing myself distancing myself from my friends wasn't really hanging out with them and I just really wanted to be in my own little world and even with my siblings and my mom it was still something I couldn't really talk about it was kind of like I lost my voice and I always played along with saying um oh I'm I'm doing fine I'm doing great anytime anyone ever asked me like oh how are you doing And that's kind of when I knew that I should probably see a counselor and start going to therapy. And because of Active Minds and going to therapy at San Jose State, that's kind of when I started seeing the signs of withdrawal and my friends not really feeling like themselves because I went through that same exact thing. And that's kind of how I was able to navigate conversations about mental health with my friends. And, you know, in the beginning talking with them, it was the same response as mine, like, Oh, I'm doing fine. I'm doing okay. But just reassuring them that I'm there for them anytime, anywhere, any place. Um, I'm always here if they need to talk, kind of just pivoted that to where my friends and I were more comfortable with each other talking about our depressive episodes and our mental health.
0: Yeah. I think that's that's so relatable. I think a lot of times we do kind of mask our feelings like Mm -hmm. if someone asks us how we're doing we're just gonna say we're okay Mm -hmm. but deep down we may be experiencing something else right
1: right I I think that definitely was the hardest part trying to hide everything because it's it's not you know just one day that you're not feeling okay sometimes it's days weeks and even that really takes a toll definitely. Was there a specific reason you felt like you couldn't reach out to family or friends immediately? Or? I think I was just scared. And uh, I just really didn't know how to it was kind of like, you know, you get into that state where like, Oh, I think I'm ready to talk about it. But then you just freeze up. It's kind of like, I just don't know what to say. Like, I don't know how they're going to react. Because I think, one thing that's really important to point out is a lot of people, when you're feeling sad or you're feeling down, everyone's like, oh, it's just one bad day. Or, you know, that typical saying, like, just smile, you'll feel better. And I think that's what I was afraid of, that I didn't want someone to say that to me because I think that was going to make me feel more irritable and not want to reach out to people. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I think our society had this notion that you can just like kind of pick
0: yourself up or pick yourself up by your bootstraps you know so people think it's just
1: like an immediate switch that you can just be like
0: oh I'll I'll be happy tomorrow right like it's it's...
1: on and off like one day I'm gonna be sad the next day oh yeah you know I'll just put on a happy song and then I'm just Mm -hmm. good to go and right that's really not the case sometimes yeah
0: definitely not yeah (laughs) So when you were first experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression, Mm -hmm. I know you kind of mentioned like withdrawal, um, Mm -hmm. but were there other, um, or withdrawing from your friends and family, but were there other uh, symptoms that you experienced and did you know what was happening?
1: Yeah. So my first experience with anxiety was actually my sophomore year. So the beginning of 2016, uh, actually fall of 2016, sorry. And it was after the results of one of my bio exams. And I am I like to say I'm pretty passionate about science, specifically biology. Like that was, I felt like that was really my calling in high school. So I came to San Jose State, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to major in bio and I wanted to be a cosmetic scientist eventually. And that was my plan, that was my future. And I couldn't wait to leave college and start doing that. But because I did so poorly, I all I could dwell on was the future. Like I had this plan, and everything was falling through the cracks. Like nothing was going to plan. I couldn't figure anything out, and everything was just tumbling down. And I had no idea what to do because all in my head I could think about was like not being a cosmetic scientist. Like what am I going to do? What does the future hold for me? I don't. I don't think I have any other passions, and my mind was just racing all the time. Like even in class, like I would attend every lecture, every lab, but I was never paying attention. I couldn't sit still. Like I was always thinking about something. My heart was always racing. I had such a lot of trouble sleeping. And um, I had to listen to music like really slow, mellow music, like Adela or Coldplay, to help me fall asleep. But even sometimes that wouldn't work. My heart was always beating so hard and so fast that I thought it was gonna rip out of my chest. Like I could, I could always feel my heartbeat like just ringing all the time, and never really had the motivation to complete. What I was striving for. Like, I would complete assignments, but it wasn't something that I really wanted to do. It was kind of just like, I'm just trying to get it over with. And nothing really made sense physically. Like, I was present, but my mind was always on something else. And it was always on, like, I don't think I had the ability or capability to even pass biology. And I really didn't know what I was feeling until I actually went to CAP Center at San Jose State, which is counseling and psychology services center and I saw a pamphlet about anxiety. I'm like, oh, you know, like, what's that? You always hear about like test anxiety or social anxiety, but I didn't really know what those really meant. So I was like looking to the pamphlet and I was like, wow, like that's exactly what I'm experiencing. Like I am facing anxiety. So that's kind of where like everything kind of clicked for me. I was like, okay, so I know what I'm feeling. Now I know how to find the resources for it.
0: Yeah. How did you feel? Was it like a sense of relief when you found you could identify what you were feeling as like a specific diagnosis? Or how did you feel?
1: Yeah, definitely was because I think at some point I just thought it was quote unquote normal to feel like this. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm a sophomore. Like everybody gets bad grades and, you know, sometimes people's plans don't follow through. So I was like, okay, maybe this is just normal. Maybe it's just a phase that, you know, maybe the next exam is going to be like a little bit better, but it was so persistent that I couldn't really focus on anything else. And that's, that's just where I was like, wow, like this is affecting me to the point where I really can't focus on anything else.
0: Yeah. I think that's so common, especially, I think we talked about before on on our call, um, when people transition from high school to college, or even Mm -hmm. like transitioning between college years, sometimes Mm -hmm it can be really difficult. So if someone is in that transition phase, do you have any advice for someone who may be experiencing anxiety or depression?
1: Yes, definitely try to find as many resources as you can. Of course, colleges have a lot of resources and sometimes therapy doesn't work for everyone. I know I never got to experience group therapy, but at San Jose State, there's different group therapy sessions if you have like social anxiety, general anxiety. And even with your insurance, like medical insurance, there's a lot of resources um, that you can find and also community resources. So while I was working with Active Minds, um, I was introduced to a California organization called NAMI, which is the National Alliance for Mental Health um, Illnesses. And so it focuses on resources and helping individuals of all walks of life and another california organization is called each mind matters and that's kind of the california mental health movement and there's a lot of resources so for someone who has mild anxiety there's different courses you can take through colleges and also um, within the insurance realm and with these community organizations yeah, I
0: think that's great. And it sounds like you did your research to figure yeah. out
1: <laughs> what was in your community. So I yeah, that's really great. Oh, I'm not, uh, sorry. One also thing is yeah. also to really have a strong support group. It doesn't necessarily have to be like your family, your friends, but it could be like coworkers, even just a mix of both or all of them. And I think that's really important. I think without some sort of support group, i probably would have been a really uh, in a really different state right now. Um, And I know it's really hard to talk about what you're going through. Just in general, I know for me, it's like, it's really, really hard to say, like, yeah, I'm not feeling okay, or like, I'm not feeling myself. But having that support group kind of makes everything a little bit better. And it makes you think about, you know, it's okay, that I'm not feeling 100% me. And sometimes you just really need someone to talk to. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah. And I think we've um, talked about this on other episodes of the podcast, but I think a lot of times we feel like we may be a burden to those we love. Yep. And mm-hmm. care about but mm-hmm. so we don't want to tell them how we're actually feeling or what mm-hmm. we're experiencing but those are the people that you should talk to the most, most. yeah <laughs> right. Yeah, they yeah. want to hear how you're feeling
1: and they want right. to help you yeah. and that will never be a burden to anyone else right and I think yeah. that's like one of the biggest hurdles to jump over mm-hmm. because even when you are ready to talk about what you went you're going through you went through it's still that scary feeling like oh I don't know how that person's going to react or what if they're not you know, what if they don't know if they can handle what I'm saying, and that's I think that's definitely the hardest part. Like once you can get over that fear, everything becomes a little bit easier, and it's a lot easier to talk about what you're going through and how your friends can help you with that.
0: When you were experiencing anxiety, um, I know mean, you gonna mention seeking help. Were there other things that you did specifically that helped ease those symptoms?
1: Yes. So one of the first things was watching The Office. Awesome. <laughs> so um, I am an avid fan of The Office, and that was really something that helped me through my traumatic event and trying to kind of helped me creating a safe space for myself. Um, I started watching it towards the end of my freshman year and the beginning of my sophomore year, and that's something that I've that I've always gravitated towards, and I always gravitate towards to now. Um, anytime I felt like an overwhelming feeling that I couldn't really shake out or I had a really bad day at school, I would just open Netflix and just watch The Office. It was something that just made me feel so much at ease and just made me feel like I was okay. It was kind of like my own little world. And it wasn't just a pastime for me. It was really similar to a coping mechanism, a place that I really felt safe. But now I feel like I've grown to better mechanisms to help myself. So. I still do watch The Office. Like, that's my that's my passion. That's my love. But I move on to, like, little changes in my lifestyle. So I started yoga, a little bit of meditation, and definitely putting limits on social media. Um, I didn't know the effect that social media had on my mental health. And I realized that one of my triggers was comparing myself to others. So like everywhere I looked, there was always someone who got like a better job, their dream internship, or, you know, got a better grade than me. And it was really amplified through social media. So I really had to take a step back and realize that social media was really dwindling my mental health. And I had to place limits on Instagram. And I added like blocking website extension on my browsers to prevent me from scrolling endlessly through LinkedIn and Facebook. And I feel like it really did help and definitely not comparing yourself to others is much easier said than done. But I think the little steps really count and it's the effort that you take that really counts.
0: Yeah, I think that's really good advice. And I am guilty of often scrolling through social media way too often. But Mm -hmm. like there's there are benefits to social media, but it's true that you do like without even realizing it. Like, you're comparing yourself to whatever you're looking right, at. It's just, right. it's just pictures, but it can it can have a negative impact on your mental yeah, health. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I also have a bone to pick with Netflix for taking the office.
1: <laughs> off. <laughs> I was really, really upset. I think they announced it about, like, two years ago. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I have enough time. I can watch it, like, a few more times <laughs> with the entire series. And now <laughs> it's uh, about to be 2021. And they're like, yeah, you know. NBC's Peacock is gonna take it and I'm like oh my god like yeah. Netflix is my I mean The Office is my life and I don't even know <laughs> now I really have to buy like this Peacock just to watch The Office <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite character oh my god so I always I love this question because if it was like a fake character it would be like the child of Michael Scott and Kelly Kapoor honestly but I think like generally I really relate to Kelly Kapoor not Mm -hmm. not just the fact that we're both Indian but she's just so like typical not typical but when I watch her I'm like I totally see myself doing that like all the time (laughs) she's just so relatable and I think Mindy Kaling as a character or the person who plays Mindy Killing. Um, mm-hmm. She's really relatable. Like, I watched her on her own show, The Mindy Project, and I was like, I she cracks mm-hmm. me up so mm-hmm. much. And I really see myself like being her. You know, it's something so like, I don't know, she's like the exaggerative, the super dramatic person that yeah. I've always wanted to be. And I'm like, <laughs>
0: I love her yeah I follow her on Instagram yeah me too (laughs) I I just love like everything she does is kind of like quirky but like personal I don't know yeah Yeah, I love her I watch yeah yeah, every year I watch the Mindy Project like on a schedule like I think it's like every February I watch the Mindy Project from start
1: to finish she says things that are so like like so me or so You know, I can't even really put it into words, but I'm like, this is something I can see people in my office or like, Mm -hmm. you know, people around me doing or saying. And they're just so funny because half the time they're so out of the ordinary. I'm like, this is so hilarious.
0: (laughs) Well, shout out to Mindy Kaling. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about um, your participation in Active Minds. Would you mind telling everyone what that is um, and how you got involved with Active
1: Minds? Yes, I would love to. So Active Minds is a national organization that is helping change the conversation around mental health and increase mental health awareness. And we've seen it in society for I don't know, like hundreds of years. Mental health is such a taboo topic that it's really difficult for people to talk about. And we really want to change that. So many people suffer in silence because of stigma and no one should have to fight battles alone. And I was introduced to Active Minds because um, at our library, they held an event um, called Puppy Therapy. So you kind of just like you know, go in a line, you play with these puppies, and they asked if I wanted to sign up for the newsletter. And I wasn't really thinking much about it. Because She just said Activize, but I didn't really know what it was. So I just signed up. But then I started looking at their emails. I'm like, oh, wow, like this is really interesting. Like I would love to be a part of it. And then I was a part of it for about a year. And then they had officer opening. So I applied to be a publicity officer. So that's definitely how I got a lot more involved. And I was able to attend their conferences. And I'm so thankful for that opportunity because it really opened my eyes about knowing the signs of, you know, suicide, how to talk to people about what you're going through about mental health, and how to respond when someone tells you something about their mental health. And the San Jose State chapter started about five years ago, and it was actually started by a student. And um, any school, like high school, college, four university, community college, can start their own club and I know for each school has their own process of creating the club but Active Minds have resources for students who want to create their own chapter within their school and it's all on their website too so
0: (laughs) awesome yeah Yeah, thank you for sharing that Mm -hmm. I've heard yeah Active Minds I feel like it's pretty popular in the Bay Area Mm -hmm. most high schools and colleges have a club on campus which Mm -hmm. is really great speaking of colleges um, what can colleges do better Um, to address the mental health needs of students?
1: Yeah, so that's something really important, and I really care deeply about this, and I think one of the first things is definitely to provide more mental health services for students. For almost all CSU campuses in California, there's not enough counselors to meet the demand for mental health services for students. Um, I remember my freshman year, I think we had about eight sessions per academic year. And then they had to drop it down to six because there just wasn't enough. And I think mental health for students shouldn't be focused one day out of the year or one month out of the year. Something that should be talked about almost, not even almost, like every single day. Like it really should be taught to students to, you know, recognize the signs of suicide, how to talk to someone who is experiencing You know, withdraw or, you know, they're not feeling like themselves and facilitating positive dialogue around mental health and letting students know it's not, it's okay not to be okay because there's a lot of pressure on students. And even now, especially, I feel like, especially more being in such a tech booming area, especially in the Silicon Valley, there's added pressure. And I believe that mental health should be openly discussed. And um, I had the great opportunity to actually take a mental health first aid uh, about a year ago, and it was offered free at San Jose State. It's eight hours, but it really goes by fast because you, it's really hands on, you get to learn so much. So I believe that all members of a college or university should be required to take First aid training for um, not first aid, sorry, <laughs> mental health first aid training because we have like first aid training, we have CPR training, and mental health is so important. Everyone has mental health, not everyone has a mental health illness, but everyone has, you know, mental health. And why is that something that should be taught to students, faculty, professors, staff of the university? And definitely knowing the signs of suicide is important because we all know like suicide rates are pretty high around college students. And I believe college isn't just about like passing courses and earning a degree. It's really about receiving a great education. And that isn't just about pass this class. It's about, you know, trying to prepare yourself for the future entails like learning and discussing and finding care for your mental health. Definitely. Yeah.
0: Um, lost my train of thought, but I was going to say something. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, yeah, um, just the changes in college. I just remember going through like s- so many changes, both mentally, like with friends, with relationships, mm-hmm. with school. There's just so much going on that mm-hmm. mental health, at least for me in undergrad, was never really like something that was at the forefront of my brain. But right. like I think everyone, like you said, can benefit from talking to someone mm-hmm. or just even just being mindful of your mental health during that time, because you never know what could come up. Um, right. And I also would love to normalize puppy therapy.
1: <laughs> so yes, I, really think, great. <laughs> I think it was so great. It was so some, something that it was just, you didn't know you needed type of thing, you know, and I think puppy therapy should be like at least once a week for all students. So I think that's a great idea. It's so easy to like, you know, relieve your stress and mm-hmm. kind of um, not care about everything that's like putting pressure on you. So Definitely. it's really important.
0: <laughs> yeah, agreed. agree. I want to talk about the transition from college to being a young professional and finding mm-hmm. a job. How has that changed for you?
1: Yeah, so currently, I'm still in the process of finding a job. After graduation, I took like a few months off because I really wanted to focus on myself and not really jump into working. And then the pandemic hit. So now it's like a million times harder to find a job. But um, I did work before my last semester at San Jose State. And I was working full time and it was really hard. I'm not going to lie. Um, I had about two weeks before my last final and then I started my internship and it was hard because it's 40 hours and you're just like go 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 and then even on the weekend it doesn't really feel like a weekend it's like it just feels like it's gone you know and that was really something to get used to but I think one great thing about transitioning to work life is with school I felt like there's always something that was tugging you at the back of your mind like oh, I, maybe I should start on this reading or maybe I should start on this assignment. But when you start working, you don't really have that. So I had a lot of flexibility with my job. So once it was like 5.30 p.m., I clocked out, like I was done. I didn't think about work. I tried not to think about work. I was like, you know what? Work will start tomorrow, the next day at 8 a.m. That's that's kind of one great thing about it. But, but because the weekend's, go by so fast I think it's really important to maintain your mental health and find balance within it and definitely practicing self-care and finding your me time is extremely important and I think that really helped me with work-life balance because I mean going from school you know some that semester I only had like three days of school and the rest days I just worked but when you transition to work it's 40 hours just work. And sometimes you even work more. So definitely adding space and time for just yourself is really important. I started, um, you know, watching The Office here and there. And then I really got into The Great British Baking Show. It was kind of like really soothing for me. Um, You know, like eating out at your favorite restaurant by yourself. That's a form of self-care and me time. And even having a movie night by yourself, with like endless amount of snacks and whatever you want to eat, you got to do you sometimes. And it's, I think people think that it's selfish to think about yourself or it's selfish to make time for yourself. But it's something that's so necessary and that I think people really forget because a lot of people are really giving and they think about other people and like, oh, you know, like maybe I should help this person out or do this for this person. And then they forget about themselves. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, I think that's you mentioned a lot of great things there. I think one, the sitting at the desk um, part of working, I think mm-hmm. is a huge adjustment for people, and yep. something I still struggle with is like actually taking breaks from your desk, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just getting up and stretching. I think yeah. you know, going outside for like a five minute walk can make a yep. huge difference. Yep. Um And I think that sometimes we forget that we've like like working all day is mentally draining. Yeah. Sitting somewhere, so yep. it is important to like take time for yourself and do something for yourself. Mm-hmm. How do you think companies should address mental health for employees?
1: Yeah. So as I know, a lot of Bayer companies provide almost 100% coverage for health insurance. And I think for some health insurance plans, mental health services don't really um, account for that. So sometimes there's extra charge, but I think Because I think society is kind of changing a little bit or improving with discussing openly discussing mental health. I think companies should move with that movement as well and provide benefits or at least provide health insurance plans that allocate for mental health services as well. Uh, I know there's a company I was researching a few weeks ago and they actually have like an app specifically made for that company's employees uh, for mental health, which is a great step. Um, But I also do believe like a mental health first aid is extremely important, not just for universities, but I think for working professionals, employers, organizations really should be trained on knowing the signs, knowing how to talk to people about different issues. Like we have, you know, racial insensitivity training and workforce training and training on different softwares and tools but why not mental health like that's something that's really important and i think having lunch and learns is pretty common in the bay area for bigger companies and why not have a lunch and learn about mental health and like resources that can help employees um know the help is near help is right around the corner or you know being able to talk to employers and managers and have like positive dialogue regarding mental health I think just is really important because even now like even with the pandemic there's so much more pressure there's lots of anxiety with elections you know what's the fate of the U.S. in the next you know six months and that's something that's much more elevated now so I think it's really important for companies to openly discuss mental health and be there for their employees. Definitely. And I think I've even
0: seen studies before where it shows like productivity is so much higher for companies that actually address mental health and provide the resources for employees. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's just something important to note because it's for the benefit of the company, honestly, to provide the mental health resources to their Mm -hmm. employees. So, what advice would you give to a current college student or young professional experiencing
1: anxiety or going
0: through a tough transition right now?
1: Yeah, so I definitely think the first step is acknowledging that you're not feeling like yourself. Sometimes we are so transitioned to go with emotions, like, oh, you know, like I'm feeling sad, but I have so many other things to do. So, let me like work on those things and then I can kind of focus on myself later. But we put ourselves on the back burner. I think that's really important to recognize like hey, I'm not doing okay. <clears throat> Let me take some time for myself. Let me see if I need to talk to someone or find resources. So that's kind of when your support group kind of um, comes in. Uh, I think it's really important to have people around you that you're comfortable talking with about what's going on whether it's you know you're not feeling like yourself or you don't think you can like get out of bed, you think you need a mental health day from work. And <clears throat> I think like I said, like the first part is definitely overcoming that hurdle of you don't want to sound like a burden or feel like a burden to someone. But after that, I think it becomes a lot more easier and it's easier to open up to people. And <clears throat> there's a lot of resources in California that I know of. So I know like, active the minds, there's a lot of resources on how to recognize the signs. Like if you're experiencing anxiety. General anxiety, social anxiety, share resources. Um, There's also resources on how to talk to someone who's experiencing something. Like if one of your friends said, like, hey, Avery, like, I'm not feeling okay. Um, It's called VAR, which stands for validate, appreciate, and refer. So first step is, like, validate their feelings. You know, oh, thank you for sharing. Um, I'm here for you. Appreciate. That they're sharing it because it is super daunting and really scary to share your experiences, and then also refer that's the last step. Which is, you know, let's say for me, like, oh, you know, this comedy podcast really helped me, or like this meditation app really helped me calm down my nerves, or whatever. And then you can, you know, refer them to that, or if they need to talk to someone, you're there with them. If they need to speak with someone from like a hotline or anything. And NAMI, which is a great one, California, and Each Mind Matters. And I think it's important for people to realize that it takes a lot of courage and strength to talk about how you're feeling, how have you felt in the past. And so definitely take time to be proud of yourself and thank yourself for being courageous and brave.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's some really great advice. So thank you for sharing that. Um I want to ask you personally, what is something, I know you mentioned like yoga that you do Mm -hmm. um, and some other things, but is there something that you
1: do every day to take care of your mental health? Yes. Journaling has helped me more than I can even imagine. After a very long hiatus, I'm finally back to my daily journal writing and it really helps my mental state with like writing everything down, all of my thoughts, what I've been feeling, my you know fears like what my future holds it kind of just puts everything in one place and it's kind of like everything I was feeling that one day and um if people are struggling with journaling I know that's kind of like daunting sometimes they're like oh I don't know what to write about um there's a podcast from NPR called Life Kit and they I just listened to their podcast it's like 13 minutes about how to start journaling so that's awesome things yeah. that really helped. yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. I know. Yeah. Sometimes that people recommend like uh, journaling about gratitude or mm-hmm. um, what's the other thing? I guess just, yeah. Like just write down three things that made you like happy within the day. Right. Or, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think it's really cool that like, you can just, just start writing and see what, where it takes you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you mentioned podcasts and I'm curious, are there specific podcasts, either mental health or like comedy or something mm-hmm. that that you would recommend to young people?
1: Yes. So um, one of the first podcasts I ever listened to was, I listened to a lot of NPR ones. So (laughs) How I Built This by Guy Raz. So that one's basically, he has like founders, CEOs of a lot of companies that we know of and some companies that we don't uh, talk about their experience on, you know, how they became an entrepreneur and what made them become who they are today and I think for famous people I know I used to do this when I was younger like sometimes they don't really feel like us they're like up there they're like on a pedestal like they're different but all of these people they go through everything that we've gone through so um the founder and creator of ring doorbell so I listened to his and he was at a really really low point in his life because, um. He, I think he didn't get funding for his product, so you know he didn't know what to do, and you know he fell into depression and he had anxiety and you know thoughts about the future. So everything we've experienced, all of us have experienced at some point in our life. Like these people kind of experienced that, so it's really um, relatable in that sense. Um, Another one is the moth by NPR. So that one's a little bit. um, They have um, speakers. They tell little stories. So, those kind of from like a variety of topics. So, the one that I listened to was about fear, and uh, they go from like anxiety. People talk about their depressive episodes, they talk about, you know, climbing Mount Empress or marriage, anything and everything. So, it's kind of like it's a great storytelling podcast where you kind of just it's easily relatable.
0: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank mm-hmm. you for sharing this. I think
1: yeah. um,
0: I know podcasts are kind of like the in thing right now. so yeah. people are listening to and if there's something yeah. that helps them. Mm-hmm. What's something positive that you found from having anxiety? I'm not alone.
1: So I think that was something that I never really thought about until, you know, just recently that I think it's really common for people to think that, oh, you know, I'm alone like that's why I don't want to reach out to people or I just don't feel comfortable or anything but I realized pretty late but I'm still fortunate that I realized that that there's a lot of people who have gone through what I've gone through experienced it and I'm so glad that I don't have to fight these battles alone and I think that's really important for everyone to know that you're never alone there's always resources there's always you know support groups and people always will be willing to help. Yeah, I think that's
0: great. And I think I want people to know, like, especially in the Santa Clara County community, mm-hmm. there are, I think, I don't want to say more resources than other places, but we do have an abundance of mental health and behavioral health resources. So, right. and you can Google so many of them. And even on the To Be Honest website, we have a whole bunch um, listed. So, yep. yeah thank you um and now a fun question tell us something that you're looking forward to in the future either personally or professionally whatever you want to share
1: i think well obviously the first one would be getting a job <laughs> um i think there's a lot of job searching anxiety and that's kind of like where my mental health is right now um, yeah. Like I said, like, I've tried my best trying not to compare myself to others, but it's still really, really hard. So Mm -hmm. trying not to focus too much on that, but trying to stay optimistic as I can. And the second thing is traveling. Mm -hmm. I love traveling. I love experiencing new cultures. And I honestly cannot wait to start again. You know, if it's not next year, then hopefully the year after. Like, I already have a list of places that I want to (laughs) see and, you know, Places I want to be at, what I want to do. So I'm definitely ready for that. Awesome. What mm-hmm. uh, I
0: know you mentioned before cosmetic engineering was kind of mm-hmm. what you wanted to do. Is that still mm-hmm. something you're hoping to do?
1: I think now my focus is probably working at a cosmetic company. um I think I just think the cosmetic industry is just something that's so booming. It's kind of always going to be in there. And I feel like when I was in high school, like my senior year, I had trouble with my skin. And that was kind of something that gave me clarity in a way. So I really kind of felt like myself. And even now, when I'm feeling really down, or I'm having just one of those days that I don't feel like myself, I'm super sad, I'll just, you know, put on makeup, I'll do my eyeshadow, you know, have a little photo shoot by myself, because I feel like it kind of just like elevates my mood a little bit. And I think it's such a great form of expression that I just want to be a part of a company that like allows people to express themselves in every single way, you know? What are the top places on your list of traveling once you know, traveling is a little more safe? Yeah, so definitely Portugal. I honestly, I don't really know why that kind of like popped in my head. Um, Brazil, because I watched this Brazilian um, Netflix series uh I forgot the name of it, but it's a ba- basically about this woman. She moves from Sao Paulo to Rio um, to start, like, her own um, restaurant mm-hmm. like um, where artists can sing. Or oh, bar. More of a bar where artists mm-hmm. can sing. So, and they spoke, in Brazil, they speak Portuguese. So, that's kind of, I was like, I want to go to Portugal. Like, think that to be so great. Yeah. But definitely Bali as well. Oh, yes. So... Yeah. just trying to make like little little tick marks on countries that I want to (laughs) get
0: I'm in the same boat I'm like uh I yeah wish I could travel abroad Mm -hmm. right now but yeah all in good time I guess (laughs) yeah maybe it'll be worth the wait exactly that's what I keep thinking about it's worth the wait absolutely yes (laughs) well thank you for being on the podcast is there anything that you wanted to promote or is there a place that people can find you to learn more about who you are
1: yeah. So I have like a semi-professional website. It's um almonddcar.com. I have Instagram, which is amycar underscore, and you can totally add me or follow me on LinkedIn, which is car. It has my picture of graduation. So hopefully <laughs> someone can recognize me. <laughs>
0: but yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I think your experience is super relatable, and I greatly appreciate all the advice that you gave to our listeners.
1: So, thank you. I hope we can chat again soon. Yeah, hopefully. Thank you so much for having me. I just want to say I am so thankful that I was scrolling through Instagram (laughs) a few weeks ago and I saw an ad. I was like, this sounds so cool. And I absolutely love that you have this podcast because you know, sometimes like it can be daunting to reach out for help. And this is kind of like another route that people can take to learn about different experiences. So thank you so much for having this podcast.
0: Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being one of our guests. I'll talk to you later.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Bye. Bye able to join
0: us for the whole episode thank you so much for listening we are so grateful to have you and hope you choose to keep listening as we continue to share stories from youth and young adults in santa clara county if you would like to learn more about to be honest in our podcast please visit tobehonest.today our website has everything from mental health education to an online screening tool resources and so much more and if you are interested in being a guest on the podcast and would like to share your own experience with behavioral health please email us at tbh.today We also have all this information in the show notes, so we hope to talk to you soon. Bye.